Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Narcissist podcast. I'm your host, the Mindful Narcissist, and this is my first guest episode. So, obviously, it was important for the brand that I kicked this off as a solo gig. It's not the Mindful Narcissist if I'm not the star of the show the majority of the time, but bringing in different perspectives to build a more holistic narrative is a very important part of my storytelling research. In my day-to-day life, I always feel so lucky to be able to have conversations with other people and learn about the way they live, why they are the way they are, what they believe about the world and why, and I feel so lucky now to be able to bring that into the podcast. Ideally, going forward, I want to have at least one guest episode a month, and I'm very excited to be kicking that off with this chat. Today, we've got Bianca Page-Smith, my mentor, friend, cool boss figure. I actually exclusively refer to her as B in, like, my real life. In my phone, she's B with a yellow heart, a B, and a sunflower. Or like in my head sometimes, I guess it'll be like Bianca Page Smith, but all in one breath and really fast. But it's been very strange the amount of times I've referred to her as Bianca because of this episode. It feels unnatural. I don't feel like I really need to do any more of an intro. We got a good bit of that in our conversation. So without further ado, here is me and B. Introduce yourself, B. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello to all the people. Um, my name is Bianca Page Smith, and I am an artist based in New Jersey in the U.S. at the moment. I'll keep it brief, but I just feel like creativity and art is like the only way that I know how to live. So I do loads of things. I started off with dancing, and now I'm still doing dance-related things, but also teaching yoga, meditation, and writing, and doing all the things that make me feel like I'm expressing my creativity so i feel like that's kind of the only way to introduce myself right now because i'm like not exactly sure what i'm going to be doing next even though i am the choreographer of a duet called two can do and i feel like i should really say that because that's how caitlin and i know each other so and thanks so much for having me i'm excited to be here i'm excited to have you and i like telling the how i know you story because there are a few stories of like how i know people that i'm like this is this is just a universe aligning situation and I feel like this is one of them. And I also feel like I've told this story like half a million times <laughs> on Instagram lives and videos, but it just, it never gets old. So this is how I know Bianca. A million years ago in the before times, Bianca had an ad up in Visual Artist Ireland looking for interns for her piece called Two Can Do. And Bianca spent time in Ireland. We were in Ireland at the same time. We could have met in Ireland, but we did not. And so still to this day, I've not met in person, but soon. But I came across this ad and, you know, looked it up on the website. And just everything that I read, I was like, this is so aligned with things that are important to me that I don't think I've actually ever articulated. And so I was just very, very drawn to it. And then I waited really, really long to apply. (laughs) And then when I applied, I got like almost immediately back, Bianca being like, oh, I just already accepted way more than I already planned on doing, but hey, let's chat. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. So we had a phone call and at the time we were like, oh, well, I'll, I'll bring you to the gallery. Cause I still just really wanted to work with you and with your work. Um, and then COVID happened. So gallery did not happen, but you started Be Create and I came to all those things. And then 
we had discussed, you know, when that first round of interns was up, we might get in touch again. And that was, was it August or September? It was August when I reached out to you. August. Yeah. So, and like, I had that date in my mind and I was kind of like keeping track of the time leading up to it. And I was like, Oh, do I reach out now? Do I reach out now? And then I think, was it Sophia reached out to you? And then you were like, you know what, let's do this. You reached out to me and all the stars aligned perfectly. And we have been working together since then. You're kind of like my boss, but like a cool boss. <laughs> I wouldn't ever tell anybody you were my boss. Actually, that's like the last word I would use. <laughs> I know I know it's so funny that you're saying that because one of someone who was on the team in the previous cycle she used to refer to me like that and I was like do you like to like do you like to say that and she was like yeah I just feel like that's what you are and I was like okay because I don't like expect you to call me your boss like I don't feel like anybody's boss you know what I mean I was like we're all just here doing this thing together but she liked it so I was like that's fine if you want to call me your boss but you know it's also fine if you don't because I don't feel like I'm the boss even though like I am I am the one with the ideas obviously and everybody's here to help me do the things I want to do boss though I feel like it implies this like weird hierarchical thing that just like hardly ever really has a place in the arts anyway I, I would I feel more comfortable with like you're a mentor figure I think that sounds much better than boss definitely also like we could probably hang out yes exactly I do feel like the mentorship is a really big part of it and I feel like you know I work consciously to consider what kind of resources I can provide that will support you all to you know expand in your artistic and your your artistic careers and also your lives you said you said the buzzword there support what part what part does support play in like your creative practice because that was that was you know that was the big buzzword that like first drew me in the description of two can do i was like oh wait that's it that's something yes i know and it's interesting because i feel like there are so many other things too that are a part of it but folks are attracted to what i do based on what they're seeking right and so like our journey of working together has been so much about that about really figuring out and experiencing what it means to support each other in an artistic sense, to support in a collaborative way, and also to figure out what kind of support you need and want and deserve in your life as an individual. So it's interesting because it's like, we're drawn together because this is a facet of my work and this is something that you're seeking and you care about and is one of your values as an artist yourself. I think that it's a cornerstone you know, it's a cornerstone of To Can Do. And I feel like I'm talking about it looking back now because at the time I didn't know this. Basically what happens to me is I receive information and then I just have to go with it. And then afterwards, sometimes it makes sense, but it only makes sense if I just sit down for a second and just stop doing stuff. You know, like I need this period of reflection. And when the pandemic hit, obviously it gave me a very indefinitely long period of reflection about what my work is about mm -hmm. and the opportunity to continue to connect with people. So I, I did realize that the support element of it is something that I think the way that it was presented to me anyway, as an artist was just all wrong. It was all wrong. It was like conditional, you know, it was like, we'll support you if, or, you know, when you get to this point, once you've done your suffering, once you've done this by yourself and not by yourself and done this thing. And, you know, once you know the right people, then you receive support. Right. And so I was like, 
I don't know how I feel about all this. I just feel like the kind of support that I need is the kind that makes me feel like I can go ahead and do whatever it is that I'm desiring that's driven by the, you know, the call that's inside of me to express my whatever it is, my art, which is basically just a creative expression of what it means to be a human. That's what we're all doing here. I think that I was wanting to explore this idea of support in a really specific, really tangible way because I had gone through my entire artistic career feeling like I didn't have support. And when the support came, that it was conditional. It was like, oh, you're going to you know, do this now? Okay, we'll give you a few bucks. And give me that when I was just existing with all of this inside of me that I was going to do. So you didn't know it, we couldn't see it yet, but it's still obviously there, this creative potential or just the inherent value because hi, I'm alive. That's what happens. You know, a person is born and they're valuable because they exist. So I just felt like I had been through so many experiences where it just wasn't that. And a lot of that was also realizing like I was relying too much on things outside of myself to feel supported. And so Two Can Do also brought me back to realizing how is it to feel that I can be supported no matter what I do? A lot of that has to do with me understanding that I have the tools within me to support myself, to show up fully as myself, even as that's unfolding and changing and growing and I'm changing my mind and I'm doing whatever. I have the tools, I have the skill, I have the love for myself to support myself to show up. And then it's way easier to be supported because you're like, well, I'm good, I'm here with me. And yeah, like if you wanna be a part of this, this is what I'm seeking. That's how it plays in really. That's, that's the big part of the journey is realizing that that is a cornerstone. That was a huge, I guess it was a like a point of I hate to say like pain, but like it was a point of reflection in my life, like the journey of collecting all the, of what support means to me, right? Collecting that and seeing the experiences that it provided and realizing like, no, this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. And so now I am, you know, I'm wholly invested in the paradigm shift of redefining all of these concepts for myself through my creative work and it's just making my life better. The shift is big because I mean obviously yeah within the industry itself support is so external and conditional but I think like I know the way that I was raised with spirituality and so many other people support and like love then is also conditional but at the same yeah. time both as artists and you know humans in general there's also an expectation that we're going to give unconditional support. Mm -hmm. whether or not we're receiving it which you know a lot of factors there's gender roles factor into that I think as well but like that's not a healthy way to go either and once um, you find that like internal support for yourself I think that was when I was able to start like accepting support as well from healthy sources mm -hmm. it's like a, it's an entire paradigm shift of just the way you view yourself and the world exactly and like, this should not be a secret, but I think for some people it feels like a secret. That is the point of life. The point of life is for you to realize that you are in control of your perception. And so if you're looking around and you see support and it doesn't feel supportive, you need to redefine that for yourself. Call that something else and figure out what support means to you. It's so important, you know, to do that. And in that process, I feel like that's where we take back the throne like I am the queen of my life here 
I think another important like paradigm shift is including all these things in what you identify as your creative practice. So like the idea of a holistic practice. Exactly. It was no longer okay for me to just say, oh, I'm a dancer. I got to a point where I was just like, woohoo, I can call myself a choreographer now. And then I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, this is, it's just not enough. It's not enough because it's not all encompassing the way that I feel like my creativity moves through me. And I feel like there's such an obsession with labeling things. And this is controversial opinion, of course, because I know that in so many ways, identifying things is a, something that helps us to move forward in society, to make progress, to allow people to be visible, to be seen, for their needs to be met. Sometimes we have to identify what's happening, right? But I just think like for me, as it relates to my choreography, my creativity specifically, I prefer not to. Because to me, it's the same. To me, it's the same. To me, it's I have this energy. It feels like creation and it needs to come out. And however it comes out to me, it feels all the same. It's that part of it that I think is holistic. That's where it really started, was realizing it's okay to take a step back and it's okay for me to either not identify or just identify as all the things, even though maybe I'm not quote unquote qualified in all the things, or I haven't been published or I haven't been commissioned or whatever it is. I still let them all be a part of my life because guess what? Experience is what really speaks. And if I'm experiencing these things, then, I, then they are a part of who I am. So for me, I was just like, step one, acknowledge that all of these things are a part of your experience. And then step two was like, and also acknowledge all of the things that support you to be able to do those things. And that's where the true, I think, meaning of like having a holistic practice comes in because it's like, these are all the things that I quote unquote do, but now here are all the practices that are related to this or specifically versions of these things that support me to show up in the fullness of who I am. That's a holistic practice because as an artist, I feel that it is my responsibility to show up fully as a vehicle for creative energy. That's what we are all doing, whether you're an artist or not. But as an artist, I feel like I know that. I have a conscious knowing that that's what I'm here to do. And in order to do that, you have to have practices that allow you to do that. I can't show up in the fullness of myself if I haven't slept properly, eaten properly, if I haven't, you know, meditated and I have 50 million things on my mind and also I haven't done a damn thing for myself that day, but I identify as a choreographer, so I'm good. I can just pretend and just show up and do my choreography thing. No, no. And that's the biggest blessing of Two Can Do because Two Can Do didn't let me do that. And it didn't let Emer do that. There were days where we had a whole six hour rehearsal planned and she wasn't feeling good or I wasn't feeling good. And we couldn't, we didn't have the skill or the time or the interest or whatever it was at the time to show up fully, we couldn't get past that. So we just didn't rehearse, okay? And then there were times where the shit would hit the fan in the middle of rehearsals and we would stop and we would write and we would talk about it. And I would, you know, bring us through a, a short yoga practice or we would breathe or we would just sit in silence or we would lie on the floor. We would take a walk because that is a holistic practice. It's like, I have to be able to show up fully. I remember like when we were doing the videos, we were introducing ourselves as a team. We were coming up with the questions. Like one of my questions was like, what was your, what are your creative rituals mm -hmm. and 
like when I came up with the question, I hadn't really thought of the answer for myself, but I'd been thinking of like interviews I'd done with artists where I'd asked them that, like visual artists, and they had kind of, it was all still very like, much like stuff they did in the studio with their paints or whatever, like stuff they did every time before they started a session in the studio. But then when I answered it, I realized like my creative practice, the most important ritual to it is the fact that like I give myself a really long, luxurious morning routine every morning. And in my head, I was like, oh, I wonder what dancers do because all of you are dancers. I was like, oh, I wonder what dancers do before they go into the studio. But like every single one of us, I think we all answered like our morning routine is the most important part of our creative practice. And I think that was like a, a clicking moment for me when like the whole holistic practice really started to, I was like, oh, we're all doing this. This is, this is really a thing. Mm-hmm. It's key. It's so key, you know, just to know what makes you feel like you. And that starts by recognizing when you don't feel like you and when you do, you know, and I think so many times it can be easy. And in the past, I've definitely done this. It can be so easy to just let all of that fall under the umbrella of whatever my art form is. So just let all of that fall under the umbrella of dancing, because it's so easy for me to know when I feel like myself when I'm dancing. And it's so easy for me to know when I don't feel like myself when I'm dancing. But what needed to happen was that needed to grow outside of the dance. Dancing was a bubble for me to practice how I wanted to show up in life. I was collecting experiences that were allowing me to realize that I know when I feel good and I know when I don't feel good. And I, if I look back, I can understand what it was that was happening. And so then basically what happened was from the time I graduated from UL when I got my master's through the whole process of Toucan Doom, that's what was happening. It was like, yes, great. Bring now this bubble, this microcosm of experiences out into your whole life. This is what you need. It needs to cycle. And that is also why it's a practice because you have to intentionally repeat it. You have to intentionally repeat it so that it becomes ritual. And when you intentionally repeat it, that's when you allow yourself to understand what it feels like to maintain the authenticity, the fullness of yourself, you know? And I think that it's like, that's another nod to like the way that I was raised in our industry that you're just constantly working up to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing. And like pretending like that's linear because that's what we're told. It's this thing, great. Now keep going forward to the next thing. It's this thing, great, you did it. It's not that, it's the cycles, right? It's the cycles. Even looking back, it's like, it was the cycle of practicing, of showing up to rehearsals, of showing up to dance practice, of showing up to whatever sessions we were having and going to competitions and showing my work and then going back and doing it again. It's the cycle of it all. That is a holistic practice. Whole, when something is whole, it has edges and inside of itself, it's complete. You're not gonna say like, this is a whole ass line. No, you know what I mean? Like when something is whole, what do you think of? When I think of something that's whole, I think of something that's full, it's, it, it's, when I think of the word whole, it's round to me, you know? Yeah. Not Maybe not perfectly, but it's full of something and it has its edges and the edges could be soft, they could be hard, whatever, but there's something inside and there's something outside. There's an internal and an external. It's not a line. I think like once you start to think of your practice, your work in a holistic way, I think that that then bleeds into everything else. Like when you view relationships or conversations just in a holistic way, that's a chance where you're getting to look at yourself. We're thinking, we're reflecting on ourselves, but also when we hear the answers from everyone else, for me at least, I see that as like, by thinking about it, my answer, I'm building my own worldview, which I think is like separate from everybody else's. 
but to understand my own worldview, like I need to understand how many others there are as well. And then that creates this big holistic worldview. Exactly. And what's really important for me in the process of doing that is realizing that mine is as important as everybody else's, which means everybody else's is also important which means so is mine. It's like this cycle of remembering that because sometimes what happens is like, okay, I establish my worldview and then I see other people having their own worldview and then I start to think, well, maybe mine's not as good as theirs. Or I start to think, oh, well, actually mine is way better than that person's because what the heck are they talking about? You know, or whatever, you start to do these things. And over the past few years, that's been another process of remembering that actually I don't like that. That doesn't make me feel good. And it actually doesn't feel like who I am to do any of that. So as the world continues to reveal its many different facets to me, I'm also continuously remembering that I am one unique and important, as important as everybody else, reflection of that. I think the line, like the linear way of thinking, it just lends itself to hierarchies. And then you start to apply those to every area of your life. The same way that like, once you start to see it in, you know, a rounder, softer way that takes away any sort of hierarchy. And again, that becomes the lens through which you see everything else. Exactly. The other thing too, I think about a holistic approach to not only life, but to art making is that it has space. Because the line, right, you have to, if it keeps going forward, you have to keep going too, otherwise forget it. And I reject that because it's just like, now I have to keep chasing my tail. Now I have to keep running around. I have to keep finding out a way to keep moving forward and forward and forward. But what happens if I just stay here and let everything unfold? And if I trust in that, that that is exactly what I'm meant to do right now and that it's absolutely fine to do that, even if it doesn't look like anybody else is doing it or whatever. What if I just did that? I was writing a newsletter a couple of months ago for the for one of the one of my other jobs. We were reflecting about how we're going to move back into the world once the pandemic is over, blah blah blah. And I just wrote, what if we all just sat down? Because I'm just like, what if we all just really just stop? Why do we have to be so tied to circumstances? Why can't we just explore the wholeness and the fullness of what we have inside? I think that's definitely one of like the perks of all the insanity of the last year plus is like I at least I think have been able to learn how to build that kind of space that I hope I'll be able to like I hope at this point it's become enough of a practice that I won't lose it as the world gets busy again I also just kind of hope the world won't get super super busy again <laughs> but I don't know if we're that good at like learning um <laughs> <laughs> I know. I also hope that, like, my dad was like, yeah, this state's opening up and that state's opening up. And I was just like, ugh, can we not? <laughs> Let's just stay slow <laughs> for a bit, you know? This is all stuff that, like, working with you, all of us on the team, we have a lot of time to reflect on regularly, which is really cool because I don't think most, like, job opportunities give you that. I think that leads us into... What's happening this summer, B? Oh, <laughs> we are all very excited for this. It's actually in, in exactly a month from the day that we're recording this is when it begins. 6th of June. I know. Yeah, that's wild. 
Oh, it's amazing. So basically for the first time ever, we have decided to do what we're calling a summer immersive workshop. So think about like people do summer intensives. This is called a summer immersive because we want to take a few days in summer, five days to be exact, to allow folks to come into our space and to immerse yourself into the process and the practice of Two Can Do. It's called I Am Here Now. And the reason why it's called I Am Here Now is because that's what we want you to do. We want you to come and we want you to be here now. We will be focused on sharing this holistic practice with you all and just allowing folks to be a part of it and have that time for self-reflection to figure out like what elements of this actually support and nourish me um, in my creative practice, in my life as an artist. And we're just hoping to hold a space where you can come and and experience how we've done that for ourselves through the process of Toucan Do. So yeah, it's five days long and it's enrollment is still open. So it's really cool because if you are listening to this and you're interested, just know that if you want to be there, we definitely want you there. That's the way that works. We're tailoring it around folks who are artists, but if you're a non-artist, I think it's probably still okay, but it's definitely tailored for artists who are seeking that's what I think about. People who are seeking transformation or maybe emerging or there's some sort of seeking of like, what is my practice? Maybe you know what your practice is, but you're wanting to build more tools or just be in community where you can have conversations about what it is to build a practice and what it is to nourish your creativity and how you do that in a way that's not just in the studio or not just in front of whatever your art materials are or when you're actively engaged in whatever it is that you call your creative practice, right? How do you do that outside of that? And how do those two things inform each other? That's what this week is about, I think. What do you think? You make things succinct and I talk forever, so. <laughs> this is my gift. I think it's interesting because like whenever I describe these kinds of things, it's basically the same, but I, I definitely describe it through the lens of like my own values, like my own buzzwords or like yeah. what I understand. So like obviously I'm a visual artist. Y'all are more in the dance side, but like when I would describe two can do people, I'm like, oh, this is a performance art piece. Yeah. And like in describing the summer immersive, I think like when I talk about it to people, I emphasize creating meaning, I think, because that's so important in my creative practice. But like this is a way to help you kind of distill what is meaningful to you, mm. how you actively pursue what is meaningful to you. Yes. Yes. And it's time to like actually think about that. Right. But haven't you noticed this? Like, it doesn't take that long. It's just a matter of like some, something, someone, and it can be you, right? But oftentimes it helps to have someone else, right? So I'm intentionally carving out the space for you all to come and for me to ask you questions and for you to ask yourself questions and realize, oh my gosh, hey, <laughs> I already have the answers to these things. Easy peasy. It doesn't have to take a long time, but sometimes it's just like, it can take a long time to get to the point where you realize that you had it all along or where you ask the right question or you receive the right information that allows you to access it. So that's what I want this week to be about. Just time and space for movement, meditation, yoga, improvisation, discussion, reflection, journaling, professional development, care and love from me, from Emer, from the whole team. We definitely are good at that. And just receiving that, being in community and allowing it to be a space for you to, you know, whether you're whether you're chasing that line and it needs to break down or you're 
you you know the line is breaking and you're building your soft space or you already have whatever your wholeness is it doesn't really matter where you're at on the journey i think we can all come together to have conversation about how we can how we are doing it how we can continue doing it and the exciting thing about it is that i'm really grateful and appreciative to be able to share how we have done it and how i have done it through to can do so you're going to get to learn about that and it's one very specific way and use that to figure out what works for you i think it's a promise that we can make that through the transformative process that i have gone through that i will share that with you as wholly as i can that's a promise that i feel like comfortable making and whatever it is that you get out of it is going to be based on how open you are to receive yourself and to receive what we bring and usually that works out pretty well there's no guarantees of course but usually it works out pretty well and we have lovely times and this is the longest workshop that we've ever done so i'm like so buzzed because normally it's just not enough time like we could go on you know we could do more so yeah i'm really excited will we wrap it up there i think so that's a good finishing point yeah Thanks definitely so much be yeah to have you <laughs> it was great it was great to chat and i'm so i just like you know i'm the first guest on the podcast just saying who it's big it's big i'm very excited i'm glad that this was the first one too cuz i knew it was going to be like easy you know <laughs> Nice to have the chats with people that you already know pretty well. Like we've been working together for a while now. So thank you for mm-hmm. being my first and for making it so special. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Oh, wasn't that so good? I feel like B is a good one to start with because she's got just as like soothing and lovely a voice as I do. So that was just the most lovely thing to listen to. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming along for another chat. I'll have B and Two Can Do tagged and I'll have the website for the Summer Immersive in the episode description. Definitely message me or B if you have any other questions about that. You can follow me at Caitlin W for daily Mindful Narcissist content or at The Mindful Narcissist if you want an irregular weekly reminder that a new episode episode has gone up. As always, like, share, review, all that good stuff, and my DMs are always open. I keep getting to have such good chats after people listen to episodes, and that makes my day every time. Also, this last week, there's been a bit of a spike in new listeners, so if you're new, or if you recommend the podcast to somebody and they started listening, um, I love you. That's all. See you guys next week. Mwah.